welcome to Sustain, the podcast where we talk about sustaining open source in the long haul. Who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? How can we accelerate the speed of us going there? It's a good question today, which we're going to talk about. Besides me on this podcast, hello, everyone. We also have Justin Dorfman. Hey, everyone. And we have another host today, Eric Berry. Say hi, Eric. Hey, everybody. Sweet. And our guest today is Tobias Augsburger. Tobias is joining us from Köln in Germany, where he is the founder of Proton Types. Tobias, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really great being with you today. Awesome. Can you tell us a bit about what Proton Types is? So, Proton Types is a small group of people that formed out of Street Scooter and another uh, smaller startup. And we are focusing on accelerating sustainable technology. So many people at Prototypes have built electric cars before with working at Prototypes. And we did a lot of technology based on open source. And now we want to give a little bit back and accelerate our projects that try to be sustainable and open at the same time. So you mentioned electric cars and scooters. So a lot of times sustainability in that sector means environmental su sustainability, right? So not just right. extractive technologies, but still building things which should be renewable. When you talk about sustainable for open source, do you mean environmentally sustainable or sustainable for the maintainers? How do you see that? So I think it really fits good together. So it does mean sustainable for the environment and it does mean sustainable as a development process. I think it's sustainable technology in the uh, terms of environmental technology should always be open because in this way you can really spread it worldwide and it has really an impact. If you just do it in your own company, some sustainable technology and you, you keep somebody else from doing the same technology, then it's not something that really helps on the global scale. I really like that. It's really great to hear you talk about sustainability as being both things. I think a lot of the times on this podcast, we tend to focus on sustainability just meaning maintainers because we're about open source and we think about code. But you're right that coders exist in a broader world and we're part of a bigger thing. I know there's another thing involved with proton types and the work you do, and it's called Libra Celery. That's celery with an S. So L-I-B-R-E-S-E-L-E-R-Y. Can you explain to me a bit about what this is? Yeah, the name comes a little bit from, from the logo. So we had first the logo designed and the designer has did some nice salary. And then we have seen, okay, there's another open source project that's quite big. It's called Salary. And then we need to transform the name. And then at the end, this was this, a little bit this name that also is about paying people and the development of what people are doing. So at the beginning of prototypes, we need to get financing and I don't want it to invest so much into marketing and into finding financial support. So that's why we try to build a framework that helps somebody else to finance their project and also our projects. It is at the end a tool that you can run as a command line tool. You can run it on every Git-based project, and it will distribute fundings into the project based on some metric that you can uh, define. And we also include our dependencies based on a very amazing dependency scanner API that we use. 
So at the end, we combine the APIs for dependency scanning for Git Hub, and we combine it with the API of Coinbase so that everybody gets an email from Coinbase. Hey, here's some money. Thank you for contributing to this project. We are this project that is using your awesome library as an dependency. And yeah, we launched this three weeks ago. I think a little bit silently. We try at the moment to get early adapters to involve it because it's really an experimental code that just should show the concept. It has no unit testing, nothing. It works, but you should use it with smaller amounts. So we distributed about 3,000 euros yet to our dependencies and contributors. When you use it with some smaller amounts at the beginning, that's something. And But we, you look for people that really try it out because nobody is using it at the moment than ourselves. It's another problem <laughs> at the moment. But that's really interesting. So you scan for your dependencies. Do you go all the way down the stack or do you have like N equals one? Like what, what's the depth of the scan? And we can go really go to the dependencies of your dependencies. That does work. It actually depends on how large your project is because we have some limitations in the API codes. And cool. that's also why we can not really decide who is getting something in the dependencies because that this would mean we, we need a lot of API calls to GitHub to see who is contributing, how much. That's why we at the moment randomly give money into the dependencies. We try to improve that by just choosing a project randomly. Or we also have another idea that we check if, if the project in dependencies is using Libre Salary itself. But this is something we do in the future. At the moment, the simple version just randomly checks for people. Not everybody who's on GitHub, everybody who's on GitHub who made his email address public because we don't want to use the email addresses from your Git log or from your Git comments. This would annoy a lot of people. And so if you make your email address public, visible to other persons logged in into GitHub, we think that it's okay to send you an email with a small amount of money. We at the moment have a lower limit that is about at one euro. So if we don't send emails with a smaller amount than one euro to people in the dependency tree. So it's a donation model, basically. So you set aside a certain amount of your budget and you say, we want to give 3,000 euro back to maintainers. You scan all your dependencies. Then you email the ones who have the, their public GitHub email addresses and say, if you want to access this money, it's being held in escrow on Coinbase. Right. That's at the moment the way how we work. Coinbase allows us that in a very perfect way. It really works great. The only thing that I don't like it at the moment is that we are using Bitcoin and we want to be a sustainable company. That's a little bit a problem because Bitcoin <laughs> uh, uses a lot of energy. But we are discussing at the moment what is the better cryptocurrency that is also stable. So we want a stable cryptocurrency that is sustainable in terms of energy consumption. And so we try to evaluate that at the moment. So I'm not really an expert in crypto. I just use this API. And I, it's really very simple. You just say this email address, this amount and go. It is better than PayPal because in PayPal, you need a commercial account. You need to activate your account here in Europe for commercial usage. But we are also investigating at the moment other ways 
Maybe there are other marketplaces. We try the Libraseri should just be a tool that maybe in the future has also other crypto market support APIs so that you can really choose. I don't, I don't, I want to use this marketplace or this marketplace, or maybe I want to use GitHub or I want to use GitLab. But at the moment we are focusing on the larger platforms to find new users. Awesome. So I'm a crypto guy in training. So you did bring up a good point about the stablecoin because Bitcoin and Ethereum are very volatile. Like Bitcoin can be $10,000 and the next day it's 9,000. So a stablecoin like DAI or USDC is probably the way to go. And I know that Coinbase does support multiple coins. So I would definitely move off of maybe keep Bitcoin as an option because some people don't mind the volatility because it can go up $500 in one day. It could also go $500 the other way. So stable coins is definitely the way to go. DAI, USDC, and there's a handful of others that are closer to the US dollar each day than volatile currency like ETH and Bitcoin. So I'm looking at your image on your blog post. So the open source projects, yearly revenue versus GitHub stars. And I think it's a really great visual. We will link to it in the show notes. And it just shows you, while the scope is pretty tight, it's only going off of open collective donations. There are other donation platforms that these projects use. But what really struck me was, so you have Curl at 10,000 stars making around $10,000. This is uh, yearly revenue. Okay. And it just blows my mind because you have Material UI, which is a very popular framework, but Curl, LibCurl is on billions of devices, whether it's in your car or your smartwatch, your phone, it's just everywhere. So what are your thoughts on bringing more exposure to those types of projects? The ones that are really deep down in the stack that the others are kind of standing above, you know, standing on top of the shoulders. How do you deal with that? How are you going to get those projects? Yes, that's at the moment the problem. We, we, we contact them, basically. I write emails to the project managers and I tried it at the moment with Debian because there was a big blog post about that Debian has a lot of money and they don't know how to distribute the money. And they are very interested. A lot of people are interested in using the concept. I try also to use Libra Salary itself at the moment to advertise the project. So because you can put, so maybe you're, you have a computer in your car and just using a lot of libraries, a lot of projects. So you don't have one big GitHub, one Git where all your software is defined. So that's why we have a list where you can put in custom URLs. You can put their Docker, you can put their Linux, you can put their lot of projects that you add to your dependencies because not everything can be found by normal dependency scanning. And we do this at the moment and I will also blow a little bit of money into this project so they might get some emails because I'm using them. I'm using yeah. Debian and I, I told Debian, yeah, I can show you how the project works. So give me a repository. It at the moment needs to be on GitHub. And I just donate to your project. That's it. And I 
advertise at the same time my own project because I'm sending you an email where, where I can customize the, the email message. So it's, it is at the end a Coinbase email, what is quite beneficial because it's not uh, going to your spam. But you can write a note, and this note is so much important. You could basically write, I'm looking for contributors for the major project. But this has some other problems. So you're stealing contributors at the end. I don't know if it's really a good thing, but it, it is technically possible. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because all this started on the discourse, on the sustained discourse, and it really got a lot of engagement. And that's how this whole podcast works. So there is a lot of folks out there that are interested in this. And I hope this podcast and a few other channels can bring this to light because it is a very interesting concept. And yeah, I'm just kind of blown away. No one has done this yet, or maybe someone's done it and it just hasn't gotten on our radar. I think that Git like SourceCred was interested in doing something similar with that. I think SourceCred is the one that's out of Protocol Labs, right? With Dandelion, where they're trying to basically give money to all the contributors to a repo by looking at the Git history. But it hasn't had wide adoption. And I think it, a la Feroz hacking just the NPM module, stop talking about stuff and just do it. Just like if you have an idea right. for sustainability, go for it. Which is one of the things I really like in the conversations I've had with you, Tobias, already, where you're like, hey, we have this idea, and then you try to implement it, and then it's going forward. I know you just launched an awesome list on sustainability code, which is super cool. So we should like that and get more people in it. One of the things I'm really curious about, Tobias, is you have this cool tool, Libra Salary, and you're working on it and it's fun and implementation will be worked out, but you're already dispersing money through it, which is amazing. How does your accelerator work? Because that's just a subset of the entire accelerator. So you, Proton Types is doing a whole lot more, right? You're trying to help other people be able to find sustainable models as opposed to just giving away money, but trying to bootstrap them into figuring out what it means to be an open source project and how to get funds going. Does that sound accurate? Can you describe a bit more how it works? What we try is to combine the awesome lists with Libreserary in, in different ways. So because it's Libreserary is just a tool, you can do a lot of creative stuff with that. And what I've seen in maintaining two larger uh, awesome lists, there's a lot of lists that are very important. They get a lot of stars, but they always die after one year. So there's nobody maintaining them anymore. And there, this is, I think, the best way to find other projects. So what we want to do is, if you put something on the awesome list, you get money for that by Libra Salary. And this keeps the list active. And also what we want to do is use the, the list as a, like an accelerator application. So maybe you have very new project. It's super cool. You have some first done some first coding and everything and you want to apply for funding and on the awesome list wallet there's let's say 10,000 euros you can apply for a certain amount of money from the awesome list and then we you can really make a pull request and then apply for that you can say hey i'm doing that in the, this and this project here's my wallet and we can maybe really create an open accelerator with people salary how you very every Cash flow is visible. Every step of the process is visible. Why this project has now been chosen. And the beneficial part for in doing it on the awesome list is you can see which 
projects are missing in the awesome list. So what is, has nobody done yet? And this makes it maybe possible in the future for us to combine them together. We are working on that. And also what we want to work at is that the, the idea was when you commit to the awesome list, you will be a maintainer from you're not a maintainer. You are somebody who contributed to the awesome list. So you will get money for every new commit that goes to the awesome list. But we also want to create a small script that makes all the, that goes through the awesome list and send money to one of the projects randomly so that everybody knows there's the awesome list where I'm standing on. And if I put there another project, there will be go more money into this whole topic. So if I create an, and this will, would also make it possible to make a donation to a topic. I could do a donation to sustainable technology at the end. So I created this uh, sustainable technology awesome list that has, I don't know why nobody done before me. So I, I don't understand why I had to do this now. But I did it now with some friends and it has all the open source projects that we could find over the, and they are active and that are looks awesome. We tested some of them, but not all of them. That this is too much. But this is really this list and we want to try out. So at the end, the question is, can we build an open source accelerator that is publicly completely trans? parent by the money, the cash flow, the process. I'm just looking over this awesomeness and sustainable technology, and it's just really awesome. A lot of awesome lists are not awesome. And this one is awesome because it's just so big and there's so much stuff in here that I want to do stuff with. And you've also done this in like... And the the GIF is really cool. I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm imagining Xavier Deman, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Open Collective, looking at this list and his eyes just being like, yes, of course, this is perfect. Xavier's yes. a really awesome person who works on like rewilding the streets of Brussels. Democracy, Earth, yeah. Open Collective. He's a mogul. So there are people who are interested in this, but they're often not connected. We have a working group on environmental sustainability. Unfortunately, if you want to get involved, get in touch. It's pretty stale right now because I'm the working group leader and I have too many hats on at the moment. But this list is just so cool. Everyone who's listening to this podcast if you're interested at all in environmental sustainability and code, go check this thing out. So I really like the idea of building an accelerator for this. Have you had any students yet through Proton Types? Have you had any projects come through? Yes, we have some in robotics because my background is robotics and there I've, I found some organizations and some open source projects that are interested. The problem that we've seen is that they have not so much donation income. So I cannot generate donation income. So if nobody's donating to your project, it's a problem. I, I can enhance the donation. So because when Libra salary is applied to your project, the money goes to the complete ecosystem. So it could be more interested for people to, to donate to your project, but I cannot find a new donators for you. And that's why I've seen in the robotics area that the interest is not so high because the, the market is not so big. Robotics is still something, especially this complex robotics, something that is not so big like a web technology at the moment where you have a lot of donations, a lot of income. Well, it's huge in one perspective, right? Like the robotics industry as a whole 
has billions of dollars going into it, but it's entirely wrapped up in large companies that don't necessarily do open source or sustain individuals, right? It's hard for people to get into robotics at home still. You may have a few people in hack labs around the planet working with, you know, cool arms and stuff, but the majority of robotics is probably things like Boston Dynamics and DARPA and or Japanese chatbots that like invite you into a hotel. So it'd be really cool to have more open source robotics and we're getting there. But I see what you mean that the donation market isn't there yet. Exactly. It's now, so, the, and also the, the, the robotics industry that is really, this more industrial robot. This is really the market and they have more low level code. It's not this high level code. But what I learned from robotics, that is how to build communities. So what really enhances at the moment the robotic industry is this, this ROS, the robot operation system, because they learned that they need to build an open source community that is interdisciplinary. And that's very important. And I have not found something equal in the sustainable technology area. So they are more... I would say, clustered in different sectors, but I, they are not working so much together. I, this was my uh, impression. There are some smaller platforms that were starting working together, but most of them, they reinvent the wheel many times. And what they learned in robotics now is we need to stop reinventing the wheel because the topic is so complex, we need to learn from each other. And I think we have to do the same in sustainable technology because the problem is so huge and the technology is also has so many sides. It's statistics, it's artificial intelligence, a lot of data science, and there's a lot of chemistry and a lot of areas and they really need to, to learn from each other. And by building an open community, it's possible. But I have not found that. If somebody knows about and really... And community like Ross with 30,000 people, with a big discourse, with creating standards, with a yearly conference. Tell me about it. I have not found it. Well, there's one I know of, uh, FarmBot has a really large community. And they, you know, they're in 75 different countries. And FarmBot is basically an open source DIY gardening tool where you can basically install a robot that does all your gardening for you on like a raised bed. It's super interesting and fun. It's really easy to get into because everyone likes nice food, right? And so, and it's also sustainable because they're trying to build nice food. You don't have to buy it from the store. So I would highly suggest checking out FarmBot. I think they're, they're a really cool idea. They're entirely open source. It's like in the name. But, you know, industrial cherry pickers maybe, you know, isn't a thing. Or, you know, things in a giant warehouse isn't something that's hard to have a community around. I spent three months earlier this year in looking at a lot of time into the building automation systems network, uh, things like Voltron, which is an open source platform that works to install air conditioners in large warehouses. And the problem is that, yes, it's, it's useful, but then you have an, an industry that's not used to open source and an industry where there's a lot of people who hide stuff because they were leveraging their knowledge of a platform as a way to make money as consultants or as in-house businesses. And so there's not really a community of sharing. There's a start to that, but it's really hard to get the amount of leverage you need to really have a community invest entirely and let's all do open source together, especially when the people who benefit from building automation systems are 
large enterprises or large universities, right? It's hard for the average person to say, well, I saved two cents on my heating in my house. So therefore, that was a good use of 50 hours of my time. It's just, it's difficult. But I really admire the work you're doing. And I think that's super awesome. So you said you've had some people who have come through Proton Types who are interested in robotics and you're trying to get them more funding, but donations are a bit hard, but you're working on it and we need to build a community. Have you had an interest from other projects that aren't robotics from, say, web stuff? Are you using other sorts of projects in Proton Types or are you interested in getting people on board? No, at the moment, we are really looking into the bigger projects. So I contact some of the larger organizations to support us. I try to really improve the concept itself. I wanted to have two or three larger projects because they understand the, the, the whole problem. So most of the projects have really no income. And when you maybe have like 100 euros per month of income, you don't need an, a salary distributor like Libre Salary. It makes no sense. It only makes sense if you have 5,000 or 10,000 euros per month. And that's why we focus on them. And we have um, some really great contact to some cool people in the open source community. And we try to get into it. But the problem with Libre itself is it's all about trust. It's about like, it's a little bit like a bank because I could make a piece of software out of it that is sending money to myself. I could do a little bit of code in it that sends all the money to, I don't know, a wallet at the end of the world. So the people need to trust the software and before nobody's using it, nobody will trust it. And that's a little bit the problem about having a tool that you can just download. And we also have not a real organization behind it. Problem types is just a bunch of people. We need some legal identity. We need all this stuff now. And that's why we are in contact with others to, to find somebody who really trusts us. That's, it's really about trust. And I will start now to give projects money if they use the salary in the future. That is what we will do. And we want to do it for sustainable projects, but the details, they will come in the next week or weeks. But that's at the end what we need to do. We need to, to say people here, if you use Libre Salary, we will put, I don't know, X euros on your wallet and then give us feedback. And we also really need to, yeah, we need to improve the software itself. It has no tests. The only test that we have is before, this is an interesting uh, fact, before we create the Docker container that is used in the CI action, we run LibreSalary on LibreSalary itself if it works. So this also means if the wallet of LibreSalary is empty, there will not be a new version. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we will do. So we will enhance the, the we, know, we know that the concept is working and now we need to find trust in the community and also the understanding for the problem, because I found a lot of people telling me, oh, open source is free and it should be f still be free. So don't give people money. So then they, they don't understand the difference between yeah, this, this free beer and Libra stuff. That, the uh, oldest problem Richard in the Stallman. books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is your response to them when you hear that? I think like for us here, 
we are, I think, living in countries where you can do open source as a hobby. But I think a lot of people worldwide, they want to do open source and it would be nice for them to do open source and they cannot do it because they need to really work for, for living very hard. No, I think that the problem is really that we as a Western country, we have a very good salary. We have safe jobs. We, most of us have a lot of insurances and we can do such idealistic stuff as open salary in our free time, but other people don't can do that. And by giving them money for doing open source, we can enhance the open source community. And I also think that people that work for something should get money if somebody is donating into such a project. You cannot really take donations and do not distribute it on into your contributors. So then stop taking donations if you don't need them, okay? And give it to something else. But stop taking donations. And I don't like the, the way how donation works at the moment in GitHub Actions or other places because you, you donate one place and then you don't know what happens behind this button or I don't know what you do. Okay, Open Collective has a lot of transparency. But most projects like GitHub sponsors, you give all the money to the maintainer and then it goes somewhere else. I would not give or donate to a project where I know that everything just goes to the maintainer of the project or the project owner. I think it's more interesting for people to see and to be sure by, by an automatic algorithm like Libre Salary that it is really distributed into your project. And this is what we've done with the Salary Action. It's GitHub Action that is integrated into your GitHub workflow and it really distributes automatically the donation to your project. And what we do, all the log files are visible into your actions into your action logs. And we also publish the transaction history and all the details about the transaction into your wiki. So you have all that is necessary to see how the money goes into the project. I like it. I like how you're trying to be as ethical as possible on all possible fronts, right? So where can money go? How can we make sure that works accordingly? How can we make sure that things are sustainable? How can we build a community? How can we remove privilege? and allow everyone to work on the same level playing field. So that's awesome. That's also around the time we have for today. So where can people learn more about Proton Types and Libra Celery? At the moment, we have our readme file. We will enhance this and we have a small wiki. We will also now create a website. And we also have a discourse forum where you can ask questions or you can also uh, put new ideas. It's not very active at the moment. I also use it, don't use it, but we want to use it more in the future. And you can just contact me and ask me. So I give you all the support that you need. I, we can make a pull request to your project if you would like to for integration of Libra. Very easy. If you're interested, where can people contact a, you? Sorry, where can people contact you? They can contact me on the email address that is posted on our website. It's team at prototypes.eu. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. That was super fun to learn about. Before we go, we want to get to Spotlight, where we highlight awesome projects that we think need light on them or that have helped us along the way. So, Justin, what have you got for us today? Today, I have a website called WTFisQF.com. And it's, you know, what the F is quadratic funding. Why I'm bringing it up is I made my first public pull request this week in like probably a couple months. So it felt good. And I'm going to be doing some more work on the site to update it and maybe put a little video here and there. But yeah, I'm just really excited with it. And if you're into learning about quadratic funding, go to WTFisQF.com. Awesome. Always there with the crypto stuff. Eric Berry, what do you got for us today? Actually, I'm a little unprepared today. I apologize. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. All right. Eric Berry wants to spotlight books. Books are great. They help you read and they help yes. you learn how to learn better. Books. Yes. And jigsaw puzzles. They're good. Books. Thank you so much, Eric, for making me <laughs> give you an awesome spotlight. I want to spotlight FarmBot. I think FarmBot's super cool. I haven't tried it yet. I actually don't have a yard, so I haven't really invested in that sort of ecosystem. But I really like the idea of FarmBot a lot. I like that people are using open source to like have better dinners. That's awesome. Tobias, what's your spotlight today? Yeah, I want to spotlight the wind turbine that was published by the International Energy Agency. It's a 15 megawatt offshore turbine that it's been open sourced completely with CAD files, with all the design files, with a lot of software behind it, with the controller, etc. And it really shows how open source can go into other industries because we see here uh, technology that can really make a whole country energy independent from oil and other resources. And it's been open sourced at the beginning of this year. I think it's, I don't know why it is not something that was really big in the news, but for me, it is the maybe the most awesome open source project I've ever found. It's that actually uh, is super cool. <laughs> So, <laughs> thank you so much. Tobias, it was great having you on. Best of luck with Proton Types and Libra Celery. Best of luck to maintainers who then get money from these things. And see you around. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.